0: The American Recovery and Reinvestment Act ensured that all healthcare providers are using electronic medical record systems. Unfortunately, huge flaws emerged immediately that have impaired clinical operations and revenue cycles. The quality of data flowing into the EMRs is seriously poor. The EMRs don't talk to each other, and when they do, record matching fails regularly. The Velocity Interoperability Podcast will take you to the intersection of interoperability, data quality, and medical record remediation, and bring you the innovators that address these flaws. So sit back and enjoy as we tell the story of another health IT innovator.
1: Welcome to the Velocity Interoperability Podcast brought to us by the Gurus at Velocity. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to another thought-provoking discussion where we further investigate data quality, interoperability, and medical record remediation. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Mark Belanger, Director of Advisory Services at the Massachusetts eHealth Collaborative. Mark, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Joe. Glad to be with you.
1: Well, thanks for making the time to be with us today. Before we start a discussion, could you take a few seconds and give the audience an idea about you and your background? Sure. Thank you.
0: I'm the Director of Advisory Services for the Massey Health Collaborative. I joined Mayheck about 10 years ago from the Booz Allen Global Health Team. And together with Mickey Trabassi, we set up a strategy group within Mayheck. Today our work is really focused on integrating care providers across the whole continuum. We help with just about anything at the intersection of healthcare and IT, you know, from strategic planning to governance to privacy and security, from clinical workflow optimization to technology deployment and all the way through to measurement and continuous quality improvement.
1: Mark, could you describe a couple of your current projects?
0: Yeah, some of our bigger Showcase projects over the last few years have been supporting the launch and the deployment of the statewide HIEs in New Hampshire and in Massachusetts. We've also done a lot of work with the pediatric groups surrounding Boston Children's and helped them with integration technology. And right now, we're supporting the integration of primary care, mental health, and substance use treatment in southwest New Hampshire.
1: Great. Thanks for that, Mark. The main point of our show here is interoperability, and being that you've done all this great work the last few years, from your perspective, where do providers really stand in terms of achieving interoperability?
0: I think from a provider point of view, if you're asking a provider where they stand, I think they would think we're right at the beginning. A lot of work to date has been on laying groundwork. So many of the big EHR implementations are now in the rearview mirror. The majority of clinicians and their staff are using the EHRs, and some of them are even on their second iteration of the EHR systems. The HIE pathways are starting to be laid, and many are in place. But I think the main clinical islands still remain. We have a lot to do still to get down the integration care path, and interoperability and integration go together pretty tightly. So I think we're just at the beginning.
1: I agree with you. As I got into healthcare 25 years ago, I had no idea it would take 25 years to get to where we are today. I naively thought that we were where every other industry was 25 years ago. But Mark, you mentioned some of the projects you're doing. What can you tell us about your work in integrating behavioral health, mental health care, substance abuse treatment, community supports, and primary care in southwestern New Hampshire?
0: New Hampshire has an 1115 waiver from CMS. This is great. It allows the state government to work with the providers in New Hampshire to really innovate around how they deploy services for their Medicaid members. The work in New Hampshire is really completely focused on care integration. They're basically taking a, a population of Medicaid members that have some sort of a behavioral health indication. So that means they're either seeking help for a mental health condition, or they're seeking treatment for substance abuse. Many of them have comorbid as well, so we're looking at trying to treat the whole patient. And we're saying, how do we connect care providers together in a way where they can integrate care? In the Southwest region, it's pretty big. We have around 25 provider organizations that are primary care mental health or substance use disorder providers. And then we have another 35-plus organizations wrapped around them that are supporting things like housing and food security or county nursing homes, the justice system, or even working with the prison systems to try to tie together all of those providers. On the technology side, we have to be wildly flexible because we have a whole bunch of different requirements, and we have a big range of IT maturity from complicated, complex IT systems like that at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, all the way down to some small mental health offices that are still operating in paper.
1: Mark, what are some of the most common challenges you're seeing across the projects that you guys are engaged in?
0: I think the biggest challenge is that the physicians aren't out in front a lot of the time. You've probably seen this in your 25 years, Joe. We have often have the IT people stepping up to the plate and trying to drive large, complicated change from the IT seat. And I think most every IT person would much rather be in a supporting role and having the clinical people really pushing the envelope on integration and then having the IT people come in there and help them where IT is good at things, making things better, faster, more efficient, cheaper, and replicating processes. So that's the root of every challenge, I think, is just having the physicians take the reins and to start to really drive integration. There are other challenges. Healthcare delivery is just plain hard. It's complex. There's many different parts and roles, and all of these roles have been around for, in many cases, for 100 years or more. Changing healthcare requires slow, deliberate, and detailed attention. Whereas other industries, even as complicated as finance, is not nearly as complicated to turn as healthcare. I think having patience and persistence is what we need
1: to move through these things. The best way I've ever described this challenge, Mark, is we're both old enough we went through Y2K with healthcare organizations. As we did the inventories of applications for big, medium, small health systems in Y2K, many health systems... I'll just give an average. A middle-sized health system had 250 applications that they were required to manage. Now, some of these applications only had seven or eight users. More of the applications had 20 to 25 users, and some were enterprise applications. But those same IT departments for a middle-sized health system were 65 people. So they didn't even have a one-to-one person-to-application ratio. And out of those 65 people, they had help desk people and network people and desktop people. And so there's just no way an IT department can be experts at all the applications they're required to support and manage. And since Y2K, it's only gotten way more complicated now that everybody has an EHR, and EMR. They're connected to at least one, probably many. And it's just the complexity is out the window The last thing I want to be today is a CIO of a healthcare organization. What are your thoughts about all that?
0: I agree. I think some things have moved since then. I think the applications have gotten a little tighter. I think there are fewer applications, and those are starting to work together. But the chaos that you're describing from that time has kind of moved to the connectivity layer now. I think all of the optionalities out here on how do I get information from others And how do I navigate that as a CIO? I've got direct, secure messaging offered by, say, my state health information organization. Maybe I have a private health information organization that's collecting things in a big clinical data repository. I may have a view into three or four different hospital systems if I'm trying to access records. And then I've got care quality and commonwealth coming down the pipe with quite a bit of promise for doing query-based exchange. So, a CIO has to start making some pretty hard decisions on which ones of those to resource. And, like you said, I'm already challenged in that role to figure out where I put my people. But how do I pick and choose among those things that might
1: have success?
0: So that's where we are today, I believe.
1: Do you have any recommendations, just general recommendations for provider organizations to help them overcome some of these challenges we're talking about?
0: I do. I always defer to going really practical. Like, I believe in getting down to one or two really simple problems that you can solve and then try to crack those and go as far as you can. For example, you may be a VNA or a home health organization. Your biggest problem might be that you're sending a very highly qualified nurse out in the morning to drive 25 miles and show up at somebody's house and to find that person was admitted to the hospital the night before. That's a very narrow problem that you can solve with technology. You might be a primary care provider, and you're trying just to figure out how to make sure you can coordinate with the hospital after a discharge of a patient so that you don't end up having a medication issue or you want to make sure you follow up properly on what happened there. So... I think in every one of the cases, it's to try not to crack the whole thing, try not to figure out the whole problem, but to look at one or two very, very small cases that would be most important to your patients and to try to work on those with technology.
1: Mark, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a very powerful person. When I noticed the industry didn't have a czar over ICD-10 and we just kept on delaying and not really making progress, I anointed myself and fellow social media rock star Steve Cisco as the czars of ICD-10. So if I were to anoint you the czar of interoperability now, what are three or four things that you would do today to accelerate the achievement of interoperability?
0: That's great. First thing is I would democratize my role. I don't think this can be done from a top-down czar. I think this is all about setting the conditions in the market to get things to move toward integration. I think our best bet right now is to continue down the road of accountable care and to start simplifying, greatly simplifying the way we pay for health care and get that lined up. I think a lot of the work that comes from making those changes will flow right through and we'll start to see, if I'm to read the TVs, we'll start to see people that see it's in their best interest to do what they want to do anyway, which is to integrate around a patient because they really do want to do that and those providers once they see that they don't have to fight uphill to do that will start to do so and I think the IT vendors will start to be able to innovate again if we're not pushing standards from the government but we're starting to let the market flourish the clinicians are going to make it pretty clear where they want to go with things once they start integrating more closely that's the way it works in every other part of the economy. I think it's just kind of fixing some of those market and those systems problems will go a long way to moving the bar.
1: What's on tap for you and your team the rest of this year, Mark? What are you working on? Our biggest thing
0: that we're working on right now is this integration challenge. We know that there's a lot of uncertainty in the markets right now, and people aren't sure what the direction is going to be from the government. So we're falling back to what's the right thing to do in absence of all of that. And the right thing to do is to great care. The right thing to do is to prepare for whether they're going to be called ACOs or IDMs or whatever they're called, but groups of people that want to work to better health care, better care for a patient, to help them work together. We're working on all levels. We're trying to advise senior leadership of both governments and providers on where to head. And then we're right on the ground, side by side with the providers, the foundation for anything we to be able to measure outcomes in a deep way. So we're going to work on all those fronts for the next year and beyond.
1: Perfect. Mark, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Jill. Really appreciate the time absolutely before we wrap our conversation we want to thank the great folks at velocity for sponsoring the show once again please go to www.velocityhealthinformatics.com to find out more about the innovative ways they are solving data quality and interoperability needs of their clients and now on behalf of our guest mark belanger i'm joe lavelle and we'll be back soon with another informative episode of the velocity interoperability podcast see you then